Look how cute she is. I feel like we should be holding her white. Okay, that's cute. Good? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Go ahead. When life gives you lemons, what do you do with them? Over here at The Squeeze, we, we talk, talk about it. Hello, 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 and happy final Wednesday of the year, or of the squeeze. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. We are filming. That's the final Wednesday of the year. It is the final Wednesday of the year. The end of season one. I know. We are filming a special evening episode of the squeeze Mm -hmm. with our glass of wine to celebrate a wonderful year. Do you like that? Yeah, that's nice. Okay. Sorry, keep going. You enjoy your wine while I um, talk to our friends over here. Yeah, you did the podcast. I'll just be here. Okay. We we felt like it was only right to celebrate the end of the first year, which yeah. just has been an unbelievable journey for us. When, you know, many of you know this, but when we started this podcast, we had really no major goals for it. Yeah. Just like we wanted to do it for us, for whoever would care to listen. And we did not think that. Yeah, we didn't really know like what it would entail. We just were like, oh, this is fun. A fun little studio in our house. Let's yeah, let's talk to some if people. 10, 15, 20 people listen. Great. Yeah. But um, it's just been beyond our wildest dreams. So thank you to each and every one of you for listening week after week. And yeah. this is a, a cheers to you. How many times will we cheers in this episode? Oh, yeah. That's a good, that's a good one. Whew. Well, I mean, it feels... Well, let me take a sip quick. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. It feels only right to start with our final Citrus Got Real of the year. So, with that being said, wife... Drum roll, please. All right. Here we go. If you could switch places with someone for a day, who would it be? You. Me? Yeah. Okay. Why is that? So I could see how annoying or nice I am. Okay. I think you would be pleasantly surprised. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I think that's actually my actual answer. Yeah. Mine is Remy. Oh, shoot. It said somebody. It says, you know, it says someone. Someone. And R- Remy is someone. Look, look at how cute she is. Okay, maybe I would do that. I mean, yeah, I would just like to know what one day. As a dog. In Remy's paws would look like. No. Yeah. Imagine having her cute little paws. Oh, she's got the cutest little paws. You guys are like, please stop. I know. We'll, we'll move on. The dog parents out there understand. If we had to choose... Anybody else other than the three people in this room right now? Out of curiosity, I would not want it longer than than a day. The president, I don't know, like okay, what the just to that know entails. What the, yeah, just to know what the ins and outs in a day looks like. Yeah, see, see if there's actually like a big red button. I would probably say Kylie Jenner. Because you want to hang out with Timothy, or no, just so I could fully understand the Tim- Timothy situation. Oh, you don't understand. Well, isn't their relationship a little bit confusing to some people? No, they're dating. Yeah, I know. It's just an interesting relationship. That's all. Oh, I'm happy they're happy, but like it's you didn't. That wasn't on your. Nobody card. saw that coming. Yeah, no, I did not see that coming. Ah, I mean, I get it. It's just an interesting combination. Yeah, 
but good for them. Yeah. Also, she's, you know, like a billionaire. Yeah. So that could be fun for a day. She has a cool plane. She's a cool plane? Yeah. Kylie Air. Kylie Air. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll go with Kylie. <laughs> Kylie Air. This is sounding better and better. Hey, I'd have my own uh, private plane too, if I was the president. Yes, you would. Yeah. Yes, just a small little plane. Yeah, if we switched on the same day, then we can go meet somewhere. Okay. Yeah, your plane might be a little bigger than mine, mm. but I, I don't know own that. Kylie Cosmetics. Look at you. And um, what's her new? Kai? Is that her new clothing line? I don't know. I don't okay, keep I don't up with this. Asking you. Huh. All right, moving on. What a fun little game of Citrus Got Real. Oh, boy. The <laughs> last one of the year. What are we doing today tay tay oh as i set my wine down uh taylor and i did a workout um yesterday and we apparently haven't worked out like this in quite some time yeah um aka we haven't worked out with weights in a very long time yeah we are both very sore yeah. like just reaching for that hurt my legs highly recommend to anybody just don't get out of the groove because yeah. getting back into the groove is awful yeah but yeah I, we've been doing I, i've at least been doing a lot of cardio and not a ton of like weights and stuff yeah and yesterday we did a, a heavy weight day not even but the first weight day we've done in forever it was a little embarrassing and today has been quite miserable <laughs> not the easiest uh yeah i this episode i'm actually really excited about because we're going to recap like some of our favorite moments throughout this whole year season and some moments that you guys picked as like your favorite moments. Yeah. We which is really fun. A lot of top moments. Yeah. Incredible conversations throughout the year. It's, it's really hard to difficult pick. to choose. When I was like going back through all the episodes, I was like, oh this one, oh this one, oh this one. I know. Like we we've had some like really awesome guests on. But I think what's even cooler is like a lot of our guests have like turned into friendships a lot which is so fun when people ask us like what is the greatest thing you know for you guys about the podcast we have a lot of answers but one of them truly is the relationships that we've made from it yeah legitimately we've probably gained like five to seven like really good friends yeah and then even more than that just you know 20 plus yeah yeah, I mean, even our gala. Yeah. Um, we had so many of our past squeeze guests that are also just our friends now. Yeah. Come, and that was just so fun. Yeah. It, is, it just makes, it's really, makes me happy. I feel like we have, everybody we have on is just good people. Yeah. Like, we would, if we didn't think somebody was a great person and had a great heart. Yeah. They wouldn't be on the show. Yeah. Like, that's, we put that first and foremost. Yeah. And I feel like we've been super blessed with just a wonderful group of people this year. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm truly blown away at the people that we've had and the episodes that we've had. And it just makes me even that much more excited to start this season two, year two of The Squeeze. And just, yeah, it's going to be so fun. So, yes, we, we chose a few of these. We had fan votes. Um, so we have what, you know, some of our, some of the top moments from the year that we would love to look back on yeah. and reminisce with, with all of you. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start with our very first guest oh, on the show. Yes. Miss Hannah Brown. 
Um, that was literally our first interview that we had ever done. Yeah. And I think we were both slightly terrified, but Hannah made it so easy and so comfortable. Uh, and we just had so much fun with her. I watched it back, the episode back, and I was like, this feels like it was yesterday. Yeah, watching it back, it doesn't feel like that was our first guest episode. It was basically episode. a year ago yeah, that we so filmed crazy. it. So it's just, it's crazy. But something that I've kept literally from this interview, one of the biggest things that has stood out to me um, is her little metaphor with the scary closet. Yes. I say it a lot. You guys have probably heard me talk about it again um, and again and again and again. So here's a little clip from her episode. Call it like the scary closet, you know, like it's the, I felt like my my scary closet was like packed to the brim and I kept like shoving the door to like it, it would want to <laughs> pop out. I'm like, nope, yeah. <laughs> shove it. And now I'm just um, I opened it and it just all started falling out. We're trying to organize it, <laughs> trying to organize I it in my brain and, and make it a closet that everything fits. It has its place. It doesn't yeah. mean that it. You know, didn't happen. It's yeah. just um, we can open the closet, see the scariness inside, the parts that are scary, the parts that are good, yeah. and yet can easily close it back, and it doesn't just like bust open. Yeah, that's I what love we're working that. On. Yeah, I know. Wow. As long as you have it all labeled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you it's want like, to check in oh, on it, go to that one. We've been there. We'll go to the, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna address this one today. Nope, we're gonna push that one yeah. back. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That was good. I'm definitely carrying that one with me. Yeah. So something, as you guys know, that has been a huge part of my mental health journey, Taylor's mental health journey, journeys as individuals and as a couple has been therapy. Amen. And that is why I am so excited to share our next sponsor with you guys, which is Cerebral. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. I love that Cerebral is 100% online because that means you have no excuse. You have to go. Yeah. Like, There's no, oh, I don't have time to go drive. It's too long of a drive. No, you can do it on your lunch break. You can do it before work, after work. And it's honestly just, it's convenient. Yeah. It's convenient and they have great therapists. Yeah. And it's, it'll just keep you accountable too. So we highly, highly encourage that you guys check out Cerebral because therapy has just done wonders for us. And we know it'll do the same for you. To get started on your path towards better mental health, Cerebral is giving our listeners 15% off their first month of online therapy, mm -hmm. medication, or both. Get started at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code TheSqueeze to make 2024 your best year yet. That's Cerebral, C-E-R-E-B-R-A-L.com slash podcast and use code TheSqueeze. Offer is only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. See site for details. Get going on that therapy. All right. This next one was one of my personal favorites. Yes. I've been, I mean, I'm just, I'm obsessed with sports and athletes in general. Um, they fascinate me. I'm just huge fans of people that dedicate their lives 
to whatever sport they are insanely passionate about. Yeah. But Lindsay Vaughn, she she was towards the very beginning of yeah. our guests as well. And she she is the best of the best of the best. Yes. At what she does and of you know, female athletes of all time, skiers of all time. She is just truly a legend um, of an athlete and of a person. Um, but one moment that we did love that she spoke about was she used this metaphor of how we how we don't treat our brains the same way we would an injury. She dealt with a lot of injuries throughout her career. And so she sure knows what it's like to come back from a devastating injury. Yeah. And she speaks about why don't we treat our brains and our and our mental health the same way yeah. you would any other injury. So let's let's look at that, Lindsay. Oh, I woke up and my tricep hurt. I'm gonna take care of that. You know, like and no yeah. one I think the perception is and I think what also you have in your mind, at least what I have in my mind before I talked about it was that like something's wrong with me. And it was more scary in my mind mm-hmm. when I kept it, when I tried to keep it, you know, suppressed. And then as soon as you are open about it and talk about it and admit it, it's like I'm I'm good, you know, I'm I'm struggling, but I'm fine and I'm here and yeah. we're gonna fix it and you know, I'm gonna talk about it and and uh it's like I don't know. I think it's just like anything else that you face in your day and it shouldn't be treated as something, you know, so, you know, taboo. It's just a normal process of, of life and it's got to take care of each other and take care of yourself. And, and, uh, and that's just a, a part of being, you know, finding out how to be the, your best self. Yeah. I I'll move on from this right after this, but I am obsessed with that correlation of injury and mental health like i've never thought of that before if if you get injured whatever you know if you don't you, you're gonna get better if you if you treat it you can't just yeah you know you can't just go through an it'll linger it'll, it'll get worse yeah it's gonna get worse it's, it's not gonna take care of you itself do what you need to do to yeah to, to fix it and it's the same yeah. thing with your mental health mm. yeah Okay, this next clip is from an interview that we were definitely the most nervous for. Mm. Emmanuel Acho. Mm. I feel like we were the most nervous. We love him. him. It has nothing to do with him. He's just so wise. It's like... I mean, when yeah, when you're interviewing someone like that, that has so much wisdom and so much weight, like in their words. Yeah. We were like, we want to ask the right questions. We want to make sure we're like sound professional because at the time i mean that was still early on and we were like i don't really even know what i'm doing still but yeah. we freaking have a manual acho sitting across from us and one of like, like are we the greatest to do it this conversation oh my gosh no when he uh, like agreed to like come on and we, we were just so thankful but terrified it, yes um but terrified uh if you guys haven't watched that episode you need to go back and watch it because yes. so many of you said that episode was your favorite and trying to like pick a moment from it was very hard because <laughs> the guys just the freaking spewing facts left and right. But we definitely talked about, I think one of the the most vulnerable he got, he like almost started crying with us. We were talking about suicide and like the advice he would say to someone listening who like may have just lost a loved one and just kind of what encouragement he would give towards that. 
And it was some of the greatest advice in just truly like raw, vulnerable wisdom. I feel like that came out of him. So yeah, let's hear it. Uh, you're asking me like why I do this and a big reason why um, I started this was because I lost a friend to suicide. And I know that you have lost some people in your life to suicide as well. Um, and I wanted to know what is something that you've learned from that? And if there's any advice that you can share from what you've learned going through that with our listeners. That's a heavy question. That's a good question. Um, Jeez. What did I, man, I would say I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Um, Buckle up, listeners, because I made word vomit. Um, I would say maybe the the imminent thought in my head right now is you don't know when your last moment will be with someone. So try to make sure that last moment is as valuable, as impactful, as loving, as joyful, as peaceful as possible, um, regardless of when it is. I would say, tell the people that you love that you love them. I, um, I grew up in a Nigerian household and my parents, I knew they loved me because of what they did, but you don't overly verbalize, I love you. Yeah. I don't leave my mom and dad's presence now without like saying, I love you. I, I overuse, I love you. Yeah. Uh, now I don't overuse it in the sense of not meaning it, but somebody that I love, I will make sure they know it. Um, you can still be a person of faith and struggle with mental health. I yeah. think I've, I've learned that. Um, I've also learned more people are struggling than you realize. Yeah. Um, I, I loved uh, uh, one of my favorite artists, Kirk Franklin, said, he said, bother people today. Mm. Check in on them so much that you bother them. Mm. Yeah. Um, wow. He said that, and that really stuck with me. I've also learned um, the people that seem the happiest might be struggling the most. So checking on your happy friends. Yeah. Yeah. Checking on your perfect friends, checking on your got it all together friends. I've also learned grief. Um, it follows no natural trajectory. Yeah. There is no order for grief and you don't know when grief will strike. I've also learned that your tragic and tragedy story, it's a part of the fiber of your new being. Mm. So just embrace it. You, you, you will not be the same person after you experience that loss. And you shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, I've also learned that time doesn't make you forget. It makes it easier to remember. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've learned a lot. Yeah. And um, I'm learning every day. And... I'm not going to cry on this podcast. That's what I'm not going to do. Um, but I've learned a lot. And life is hard. Life is very, very, very hard. And find people you can do life with who help make the difficult easier. Mm-hmm. Because it's difficult. Okie dokes. This next one, we are also very excited and honored to have. Yes. Miss um, Emma Myers who is just doing absolutely wonderful right now with her career. What was the Christmas movie that we just watched? Family Switch. 
Family Switch? Switch, Switch Family Switch? What's it called? Oof. Switch something. Yeah, Family Switch. Great movie. Um, but she is so talented, so young. Uh, just her future is bright as can be. Yeah. But also, you know, just a very, a very smart girl. So sweet. The sweetest little angel ever. Yeah. Um, we're thankful to call her a friend. But she, yeah, she, she talked about a lot of things. But one of the things she spoke about that we talk a lot about on this podcast is boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries are sometimes not the easiest thing to set. But I feel like especially as you go on in life, you, you learn how important they are. Yeah. So let's listen to what Miss Emma Myers has to say about boundaries. I guess before it aired or around the time of the show airing, you had like a million followers and now you're at like almost 12 million yeah. followers. Before the show came out, I th- before even the trailer, the first teaser came out, I probably had like 900 Shut followers. Up. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. This proves my point even more. <laughs> From 900 to almost 12 million it's followers. Crazy. What has that like adjustment been for you? Because obviously like this whole new level of fame and attention, it I, it was probably just like freaking thrown at you. What what has that been like? It's, it was hard getting used to mm-hmm. at first. Now I'm a bit more used to it because I've found ways to kind of like deal with it and make it not so intense. Um, but at first, and like I still had my... Instagram notifications on. Yeah. Oh, wow. And my DMs were open and stuff like that. Um, So all at once, like after it dropped the first day, I had like an influx of people coming to my social media and messaging and liking and commenting and all that sort of stuff. And it got really overwhelming and I thought I'd be able to handle it, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't. Um, So I've like turned off my tagged photos. my DMs are all restricted and stuff like that just because it makes it easier for me to handle it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's weird is that when I was younger, I was a big fan of things. Uh, loved looking at people's tagged photos, loved, you know, liking and commenting and all that. Um, mm. But now that it's happening to me, I can understand why people are weirded out by it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot, but it's better now. Are there any other boundaries besides like social media that you've kind of like had to put in place to be like, okay, this is, I need to not really look at this or I should stay yeah. away from that. What what else is there? I, my sisters find it funny to look at my name on Twitter and stuff. And I've recently just had to tell them, please just don't. Yeah. I, yeah. They send me stuff and it's all fun and games and all that. We have giggles, but uh, it just gets overwhelming sometimes. And yeah. I don't, even if it's like nothing harmless, it's just pictures of me, you know, on set or, you know, recent styling photos of me. I just, it's a lot to have so many people talking about you and mm-hmm. you not like even knowing that they're talking about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't have Twitter. I don't have TikTok. I don't have Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Um. So knowing that there's whole other social media platforms that yeah. people can say whatever they want and I can't even see it uh, is a little bit crazy. Okay, the next clip we're going to share with you guys is from our interview with Zach Clark. He was on my list of people I wanted to have on this podcast uh, just because his story is so inspiring and encouraging. Obviously, we learned who he was from the Bachelor franchise and got to kind of see a glimpse of, you know, who he was and what he's 
gone through in his life, but yeah. you know, post show and you know, us being in the mental health space, what he's doing with release recovery, his company, um, his nonprofit, he's just, he is just changing lives, um, and helping people with addiction. And we really like got into the nitty gritty with him because I have family members that have struggled with addiction and we, we really just like had a very honest conversation about it. And he's so relatable. He's and, somebody I want to have back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of people we want to have back, but yeah. Zach, we would love to have back and yeah. just dive deeper into some of the things. Yeah. He is just a joy of a human, but we got to talk about men's mental health with him, uh, which was super fun that him and Taylor got to like, you know, talk about it and relate to it. But he just had some great um, wisdom there to share. So here's this clip. Men's mental health is very important to me. My cousin, I've had other male family members struggle with addiction. I lost a friend to suicide who was also a male. Um, I'm a male. You are also a male. <laughs> uh, mental health is, I almost feel like more so impacted men in my life more than women, which I feel like a lot of people. I mean, according to statistics, that would make sense. Right? Or isn't like, like we've looked up the statistics. Isn't like the percentage of. More men die of suicide than yeah, women. Suicide, yeah. Everything. I mean, it's like. It's yeah. off the charts. Yeah, but you wouldn't think that because women are just the ones yeah. talking about mental health, which we're changing today. Um, but I know you have a similar view of that. What advice or what, I guess what has helped you kind of like just be more comfortable with yeah. like being vulnerable or being open? So what, one of the things that I've I learned in my recovery journey is I can't afford to be anything other than honest. And my, like, there's only one story for me and that's, that's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I really choose to lean into it and be honest and open about that, everything tends to, to work out. Yeah. As a man growing up with a dad who was throw strikes, son, like work harder, give me 20 push up, you know, yeah. like, yeah. I was taught to just suck it up. Yep. You know, I was taught to, and, and a lot of that probably drives some of my success today. And I'm, I'm grateful for some of that. For but, sure. on the, but on the flip side of that, I also, you know, acknowledge that if I am not being vulnerable and letting people know where I'm at and doing that with other men, then I'm not going to feel great. Yeah. And the response that I've gotten and the connections that I've made by being open and being vulnerable tell me all I need to know, that people are struggling, okay. that they are looking for connection, yeah. that they don't know how to ask for help. Yeah. And so if we can destigmatize, you know, what it means to be a man when it comes to, to, to mental health, yeah. we're going to be doing ourselves all a favor. Okie dokes, this next one, um, we love... She has become a friend of ours. She is the TikTok and online sensation Anna Sitar. <laughs> she all, just a joy of a human. When I, I mean, I still feel this like to this day. When she left, I literally looked at Taylor and I was like, that's the kind of people that I want to like surround myself with. She is just like on fire about what she's doing and just like genuinely like loves like doing TikToks, doing social media creating content, all of these things. Like when we made our TikTok with her, she was just like, Oof. 
and she was in her Spielberg. like in her freaking lane. Yeah. And she just loves what she does. And she just like has that she just has, you know, the happy energy about her. You know, those yes. people that just like have that. No, she's a light. Energy. She walks into a room. Yeah. She walks in anywhere and she makes everyone around her smile and laugh. And that is the kind of people you want to surround yourself with. Yeah. Um, but she also had many words of wisdom. Yeah. Um, and she speaks on negativity, you know, surrounding you and not letting that, you know, tear you down and hold you back. Um, and also a little uh, piece of advice from her mother, which has to do with that. Yeah. And I think we all could use a little bit of this advice. Yes. So let's take a listen. Viewing negative content or blocking out like haters in the comments, like how how do you block that out? And I guess what advice would you have yeah. in doing that? Hmm. I feel like it's it's some of the best advice that I learned, which like, I feel like I have to debrief what this advice sounds like because it sounds aggressive, but my mom used to tell it to me and um, it has stuck with me. And my mom, if anybody knows Madka, we love her dearly. English is not her first language though. So it's like a, oh an gosh. interesting translation. But she always used to tell me when I would get really down about like, you know, there's going to be trolls on the internet. Yeah. You know, there's going to be people who are trying to like bring down the energy or even like, it's so frustrating to me because I feel like sometimes things like are so taken out of context or so twisted to seem yeah. like yeah. unintentional when like I have always just wanted my page to be like such a light on the internet and so my mom used to always tell me though when I'll get a little bit bummed down be like oh, what am I gonna do like this person said this or somebody thinks this mommy my mom would always tell me don't you spend your time trying to drown others when you could just swim faster and listen we're not drowning anybody okay we're starting there <laughs> <laughs> but what I think her intention with that is like don't use your energy to be like looking in your rearview mirror. Like other yeah. people are going to be like trying to bring down your light and bring down your energy. And instead of focusing on that negativity or going back and, you know, fighting with keyboard warriors or yeah. like getting frustrated about those little things, you have so much ocean ahead of you. You have so much potential ahead of you. You have so much farther you can go by just focusing your energy on the positive and everything. Yeah. And I feel like that's what I like hope is like the lesson people learn from even any of my content is like, there's good and there's opportunity in everything, even in negativity. Like yeah. someone who's leaving you a not nice comment is really just not feeling good that day. Yeah. Even if you, even if that's not true, I'm believing that. Like yeah. I'm believing yeah. they're having a bad day and they didn't mean it. Yeah. And like, it's not about like looking at those comments and I, oh my gosh, I'm so guilty of letting it get to me and letting it affect the way that I even see my own content. Or yeah. it's mm -hmm. funny, you can ask, I think any creator on TikTok, what are the negative comments going to be on this video before you post it? And you, I can name them before I post a video, even if the video has nothing to do with anything except for how I did my makeup. Yeah. Like I already know what everyone's going to, like what people would say, even oh, if wow. the video is like an upbeat, happy, get ready song. Like, and I think most creators know, but it's the fact of, you just have to accept that like you are putting into the world what you love and the energy you put out is the energy you're going to get back. Yeah. Even if it has to kind of like school wiggle through some of those yeah. like, more negative sides. But yeah. you're better off to just continually make what you love and just like manifest the happiness for everybody around you as well. That's wow. a great advice. Yeah. I know. It comes off a little spicy. So I'm always like, listen, <laughs> we're going to debrief. <laughs> we're not drowning anyone. <laughs> she meant like, you know, <laughs> don't fight people when you could just walk away. Exactly. Kinda, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay, this next clip is probably one of the top five, maybe three, maybe two moments of like shock factor I've had on mm. this show. Yeah, like learning facts that yeah. you're like, what? 
my mind was blown. Um, our interview with Dr. Sasha, she is an ADHD specialist. Um, she Who also has ADHD herself. Yes. Um, if you guys haven't watched that interview. Another great one. Go watch it. Um, she's also someone who has become a dear friend to us. Um, she's just lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, so funny. I talk to her quite often. She's, yeah, she's hysterical, but also just so kind. Um, but the statistics that she was sharing, I literally was like flabbergasted literally. to the floor about, you know, comparing ADHD and females to males and like how it presents in females. I had, I actually had no clue. I mean, she's the whole reason I went and like got checked. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. She's helping a lot of people. Yeah. And hopefully this clip helps you. (laughs) Do you think there is people that maybe get diagnosed with like depression or anxiety, but not ADHD because of like how it's presenting? Yes. Especially women. Especially women. So women present as like the inattentive type primarily. So difficulty focusing, foggy. It, like d- difficulty remembering details, difficulty with initiating tasks. So a lot of times it's like, oh, they're depressed. They, uh, you know, they don't have a whole lot of motivation. You want to sleep all the time or you don't sleep enough or you. And so what happens is that for females, they're experiencing these ADHD symptoms. They flow by in school and they're they're cool. They're they're getting passed along grade by grade because they're not yeah. bothering anybody except themselves. Yeah, they get passed along. Puberty happens. Their ADHD symptoms gets worse because mm-hmm. there's a drop in estrogen. So there's a drop in dopamine. And physiologically, their ADHD symptoms are worsening. At that point, what happens? Everybody's like, they're hormonal. They're bitchy. They're, you know, they, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's a mood problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not a mood problem. It's a worsening of ADHD. So then they kind of go along and either they start birth control or they... Or they start like um, an antidepressant or they start something like that. And then they get into further in their lives and then they're starting their own families or they're doing things like that. And and the stakes are just higher. Yeah. And so it becomes now they're, they've already kind of operated at such a deficit. Now you add these extra stressors on and it's just like this. OK, where do we go from here? Yeah. So for females, you're getting diagnosed, your average age of getting diagnosed are mid 30s. And for males, it's mm-hmm. seven or eight. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an age gap. Yeah. It's it's horrendous. And it's because, well, it's because of a lot of reasons. But I yeah. think that there's a lot of providers themselves don't know a whole lot about yeah. ADHD and about, but we're just not, even in psychiatry residency, not taught that unless you're like, I have ADHD. I have to seek out this information. Otherwise, I will die. Like, yeah. this is like, I need to know. Um, it, it's just not very commonly talked about. So then you have this whole, like, generations of doctors that are skipping symptoms because they don't know. Yeah. You're not hyper. You're not disrupting the class. And so people mm-hmm. are getting, like, kind of ignored generationally until they're, they have a son and yeah. they have their son and their son is exhibiting symptoms and they're like, oh, I have that. Right. He's always. I love moments like that where my brain is just like, whoa. Like, I feel like I just heard like the most profound thing ever, which is very true. All right. This next one is definitely one of our favorites. When we 
when we did start this podcast, we only dreamt of having people like Kevin Hines on this show and the the tough conversations um, that I, I didn't even know how we were going to have them. Like, I haven't had many of those conversations with people in my life. So to do those conversations for the first time and yeah. in front of a camera, it was it was scary, but Kevin has also become a dear friend, um, was our key speaker yes. at our first Lemons Gala, has an unbelievable story. If you don't know it, highly recommend watching that episode and looking up his story. Um, but he, we did, we did ask him if he had any piece of advice on how to speak to somebody or questions to ask somebody. If you think they're feeling suicidal. Yeah. Cause that, you know, you, you never know, like it's such an awkward thing to ask someone. Yeah. Cause I even felt that like working in the hospital, if there was like, you know, a patient that may be like a suicide risk, you had to do this whole like crisis eval on them and you literally like had to ask them like it's a tough question if they had plans. And it's just like kind of weird. And he, he breaks it down to where it feels natural and it's yeah. like, it's a, it provides a safe space for you know the loved one, the person that you're concerned about. Yeah. So let's 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 hear what Mr. Kevin Hines has to say. I'll say this first: the question, the conversation needs to be had at the breakfast, lunch, and dinner table of every home on a regular basis. More teens and children are dying by suicide than ever before in the history of this world. More seven to ten year old children are dying by suicide than ever before in the history of this world. More more five to 10-year-old black children are dying by suicide than ever before in the history of this world. Wow. And so we have to look at our children who are being destroyed uh, by pain. And we have to, we have to say it in a calm way, hey, and if you're in the hospital, it's like this, like, hey, um, you know, I, I don't want to offend you, but I'm worried about you. Yeah. I'm worried about some of the things you've been exhibiting and I want to ask you a couple of questions. But before I ask you those questions, I want you to be, 100% honest with your response. You're not in any trouble. These are important questions. They matter and you matter. Okay, here we go. Are you thinking of killing yourself? Have you ever made plans to take your life? Do you right now have the means to do so? Wait for the response. If the response is no, what do you, why would you ask me that? Great. There you go. Great, great answer. They're safe. You're not going to put the thought in their mind. But if the answer is like, how did you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, elaborate. What, what, what do I know? Well, I was thinking about uh, taking my life and, uh, and, I, and I did have a plan and I, and I do have the means. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what is bringing you to that conclusion? Why do you think mm-hmm. you have to take your life? Yeah. Extend the conversation. Don't yeah. shut it off. Don't make them feel judged. Don't tell them they're wrong. Millions of people around the world have suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Millions upon millions. Yeah. They're not bad people. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. Don't make them feel stupid. It is for normal. Normalize the yeah. conversation. Yeah, exactly, Taylor. Normalize the conversation. Yeah. Courage, normalize, question, recovery, conquer. Mm. Courage to talk about your mental health. Normalize the conversation. Ask those three questions. Are you thinking of killing yourself? Have you made plans to take your life? Do you have the means? Recovery are is living proof. Yeah. I'm living proof. Yeah. Okay, this next clip is from our interview with Libby and Victor Boyce, the parents of Cameron Boyce. They lost their son three, four years ago. Yeah. 
And, you know, it was definitely an emotional conversation that we had with them. You know, I've never really spoken. I mean, I've lost my friend and I've talked to like their parents before, but talking to parents like that was definitely hard. Yeah. Um, to say the least. And tough, but uh, we kind of asked them like, what is the quote unquote correct thing to say to someone, tell someone who has just lost a loved one? Because it's kind of, you never know like what to say. Like, sorry, doesn't feel like enough. But we just asked them like straight up, what what did you like to hear? What like what was not helpful for you guys to hear? Yeah. And of course, everyone is different, but to get their perspective on it was really awesome. Yeah, for sure. What is what is the correct thing to say to someone that like shows empathy and that you care for them, but isn't, you know, trigger, triggering or bringing I think, up? So. I think it depends on who it is. Okay. Like how close are you to them? Yeah. Um, you know, because strangers say things to me sometimes. And I, like I said, I know their intentions are good, but they say awkward things. So, so for me, I have learned to just like, yeah. just, just take it in stride. They don't, they don't mean anything bad or anything and just be nice and just, just reflect niceness back to them yeah. because there is no one thing. It, it depends on your relationship mm -hmm. to, for mm -hmm. me. I'm not speaking for her, but for, for me, it depends on who's saying it. Um, you know, I had a situation where someone who should have known better that, that, that we know very tightly said something super awkward, like, like early on. And I just was like livid. Yeah. Like, what did you just say to me? Yeah. And, and then <laughs> I, so I, I, I let that person know how I felt about that and why. And the very next day they did it again. And I just couldn't, but it's, it's only because that's what that person would normally say. It was a, it was like a daily thing. It was a mindless thing. It wasn't like they were giving it thought what they were saying. It was like yeah. one of those things that they just say. Yeah. And um, it, so I took a learning lesson from that to not get upset because like, again, I know that it wasn't malicious or, or uh, flippant yeah. at all. It was just, they, they're at a loss yeah. as to what to say. And they just said something that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. So I think for me, I just had to learn to not get offended or upset no matter what anybody says. So that, because there's really no right thing to say. Yeah. yeah. There's really no right thing to say. Um, there's wrong things to say. But again, as long as it's not malicious, I'm not going to get upset about it. I, I actually would love to, if I had time to write a book about this. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, I, a lot of what Vic said, but. It's really just about actions mm -hmm. more right. than anything. Yep. Like there's nothing you can say. What right. can you say? Right. I mean, probably the most sane thing I heard was no words. Yeah. Of course, people just hugged me. Like that's, and, and I took major lessons from that. A very good friend of mine, just she's a physician and she just helped her dad pass with it. He had a terminal illness. And, you know, I just went into her home uh, Friday and just, she fell into me and we just hugged. Mm -hmm. That's all that you need to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I still, it's still awkward. It's still awkward. I still feel like some, you know, okay, somebody had a loss. I'm not sure what to say. It was worse before my loss. Like it was really uncomfortable. So I know how people feel. Mm -hmm. I know it's just not a thing that we're comfortable with at all. Um, and nor, you know, it, nor should we be in a lot of ways, you know, so it's, it's really hard to know. You have to think about what you're saying 
and figure out what's the best way to support this individual. Yeah. We had a food train. We had people in our house nonstop for two weeks. We needed that. Yeah. Being there distracting like my best friend who lost her husband a few years before Cameron died just took my hand and said we're gonna get through this together and even though yes mine was a child hers was her husband you know it's different but that just really helped me and for sure we're closer now and we we are getting through it together and we do get together very often she lives up north but like we get together often and we're there for each other and we could just talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my best friends, they're just, you know, the thing about it, I think the biggest message is don't stop talking about that person. Do not. Don't avoid talking about Cameron with us. Okay. Like that's the worst thing you could do because we like to hear his name. We yeah. like, you know, he, he's gone physically. And how painful is that as a parent yeah. that your child would be forgotten? Yeah. So not, and I hear this from a lot of parents in my support group. It's that, dismissiveness of like not talking about that person not acknowledging that they're not there Mm. it's just it just it's it it's kind of like a slap both ways you know yeah so it's good to hear yeah all right i think some of you may have heard of this person this guest her name is charlie d'amelio if you don't know um she is the biggest tiktoker in the world yep she has over 150 million TikTok followers alone. Yeah. Um, but she, we were so blown away with Charlie. We didn't know too much about her when yeah. she showed up to our house. Mm-hmm. Other than she has 150 million TikTok followers. Yeah. She's good at dancing. She's funny. That's about it. Um, but we were so blown away because, well, one, just the way she carries herself. Yeah. She's wise beyond her years. Very. Um, and if you watch her episode, I think you'll understand what we're saying. She's very young. She's very young. 19. 19. It's yeah. crazy. But um, she also had so much wisdom. She deals with severe anxiety on mm-hmm. a daily basis. Um, and she really opened up and talked to us about her journey with anxiety. And she speaks about the the tools that she's had to implement into her life to deal with her anxiety. And I thought it was very helpful. If I knew the things that she knows at 19, I would have, yeah, I would have saved a lot of hurt hurt and a lot of stress. We love you, Charlie. Yes. Um, So let's take a look and see what she had to say. What tools have you put in place because you've been, you know, dealing with anxiety for so long? Are there like, tools like therapy or different like self-care things that you've put in place and you're like I need this like this is helps me so much yeah I'm I'm in therapy for sure that's something that I think is so important you know good times and bad times in your life yeah I think it's important that's to not just part. do it when you're hitting rock bottom yep. yeah um things like just trying to Oh, one of my big things, which is funny because we were just talking about like traveling, that really, really sets me off. And that's mm. big OCD mixed with anxiety because mm. I hate leaving my space, my stuff, yeah, my dogs, my bed. Like yeah. I can't, it really, really bothers me and stresses me out. So every single time before a trip without fail, and I've been like this for years, even when we would go from Connecticut to Louisiana to go see my family crying every single time before I left because I didn't want to leave my stuff. So now I'm like, 
that's my new thing that I'm trying to get better at. But yeah. I mean, I've tried all of the different like breathing exercises, um, different things to do with your eyes to calm you down and regulate your nervous system. It's like little random things like looking side to side like that, mm -hmm. confusing your brain. Um, actually treating my ADHD helped my anxiety a lot, mm -hmm. which is very random and weird, but anxiety and OCD together is like the worst headache. It's because yeah. you're focusing on a million things, but no, I need to focus on this one thing, but I can't. And it's like back and forth. Yeah. So that really helped my anxiety a lot, which is wow. random. And I didn't get diagnosed with ADHD and OCD until two or three years ago. Okay. So it was pretty new and learning, learning about what is going on in my brain and what is ADHD, what is OCD? Cause it's so different on everyone like my boyfriend yeah. has ocd really bad but he has it like when you think of ocd and you think like step twice numbers this have to say this this many times yeah. like he has that okay mine is very internal yeah so it's like it's a lot easier to figure it out right. once you kind of know what's going on yeah which yeah. is helpful but like i've tried everything you know trichotillomania is like a form of self-harm and i've struggled with that for a while and like it's manifested itself in different ways so it's you know when i don't get angry but when i get to a point where i start to feel more anger or more mad it's like throw ice at a wall like random yeah. but it helps gotta get your mind on something else just like little things like that yeah i cry <laughs> at any emotion because i don't yeah. know how to yeah. express myself yes yeah. it's my like biggest word is i don't know yeah and my boyfriend all the time he's like a let's just get over it right now and be just for the first time ever he said something he made plans to go do something and i made plans to go do something but he wanted me to go with him and i was like well i didn't know it was an actual plan so i made other plans and we just then and there he didn't let me leave he was like stop saying i don't know like you need mm -hmm. to you need to tell me what's going on so i can understand it yeah and then we had the conversation and i was able to figure out what I wanted to say. Yeah. And then we solved it. And it was like, oh my gosh, faith, that was so easy. What have <laughs> I been doing this whole time? So yeah. I that's a big thing in therapy. Like stop saying I don't know. Yeah. Tell people how you're feeling. Cause it makes everything so much easier. But it's yeah. so hard when yeah. I'm like, but I genuinely do not know how I'm feeling right now. So yeah. I can't tell you. Okay, this last clip is from our interview with our dear friend, Dr. Daniel Amen. I mean, we've known him since before, even before this podcast, but he is just, he is, he's doing the Lord's work, man. He is freaking just crushing it in what he's doing and providing so much help and insight. And I didn't even know if I could find the right words for what he's doing. Doc Amen is a legend, but he's really a trailblazer in the world of what he does. He has been doing it for like long time was like 40 years or long, something long time um and he just helps so many people he truly truly is the definition of changing lives changing lives change your brain yeah so we we're so thankful to have him so thankful to have him yeah. in our lives but man i don't even know where yeah, to on start. a personal level in our yeah. lives but also coming on and you know 
sharing his wisdom. We will definitely be having him on again. Yeah. So we love him dearly. Um, but he shares a lot of, a lot of wisdom, a lot of stuff that he's learned. Uh, but something I think is great that he shared is, um, in his new book, he talks about just daily practices to help like change our brain and help improve our brain that aren't hard, so to speak. Very simple steps that you can implement into your everyday life to help better your brain. Yeah. Yeah. So let's take a listen. Let's hear it, Doc. Start every day with today is going to be a great day. Yes. Because you direct your mind to what's right rather than what's wrong. Evolutionarily, we grew up to be negative because that protected us. If we grew up, if we woke up afraid, then we're less likely to be eaten by whatever animal that was going to eat us. Uh, but we don't need to do that anymore. But we need to train our minds to look for what's right rather than what's wrong. Um, I think every day people should take a multiple vitamin, a high-quality omega-3 fatty acid supplement, and vitamin D. Brand new study came out last week that said people who take a vitamin D supplement have a 40% less risk of getting Alzheimer's disease. Well, Hmm. they're dirt deep, and how simple is that? So I think nourish your brain, and whenever you feel sad, mad, nervous, or out of control, write down what you're thinking. It's so helpful because when you write down I call them ants, automatic negative thoughts. When you write them down, you get them out of your head and then ask yourself if it's true. And then what I really love, which is so stinking simple, is write down the bad thought. Tana never listens to me. Um, I've had that thought. And then write the opposite of the thought. Tana does listen to me. And then just meditate on what's true. Because I'm not a big fan of positive thinking. I'm a huge fan of accurate thinking. There's a verse in the New Testament, John 8.32, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. And I always want to tell myself the truth with a positive spin. And the last thing I do before I go to bed at night, and I've done this for a decade, is I say a prayer, and then I go, what went well today? Mm-hmm. And I start at the beginning of the day, right when I wake up, and I just go hour by hour looking for what I loved about the day. Because what that does is it sets your dreams up to be more positive. And if you do that for just three weeks, your baseline level of happiness will go up. And that's free. Really? Right? I mean, so much of what we talked about, it's just, it's not expensive. Sick is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like whether we are trying to do it or not, I think a lot of it is just subconsciously. I think a lot of us do the exact opposite of what you just said. I think we go to bed at night thinking about how stressed we are over, you know, 
the bad things that happened earlier today and what we're going to have to deal with tomorrow when we wake up. So I, I, I think, you know, and I'm speaking for myself here. When I go to bed, I need to think more about what I was thankful for today and less, you know, about what was stressful and what I have coming my way tomorrow. And it's a discipline. It's a practice, which is why change your brain every day. It's a daily practice. And when you first started acting, you probably weren't awesome. You probably, like, had to do it again and again and again. And over time, it became an unconscious skill where you were just great at it. And mental health, brain health, it's the same thing. Initially, it's hard because you don't have the connections, the neuronal connections to make it easy. But the more you do it, the better you get at it, and it then changes your baseline level of happiness. What amazing moments from some incredible guests over the last year, but not even. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think that we, we started this in February. It is the very end of 2023. We have had an unbelievable first year, thanks to all of you. And we really just, I mean, we feel, we feel like we got to keep this going. Yeah. And step it up a notch. Yeah. The fact that we're ending season one and starting season two is kind of like crazy to me. Like I couldn't even see a finish line of season one, like starting this, thinking that we're already there. Like it is just flown by and been just so fun. I'm so pumped. We have a great lineup already of oh guests gosh, and conversations yeah. to be had. We're going to bring favorites back, plenty of new people, exciting solo conversations. Yeah. Um, and I just really can't wait to to share this next season with each and every one of you. Yeah. And shout out to my husband for coming along with me on this wild ride. Thanks for having me, Baby Cakes. It's very fun getting to work not really work but work with you so difficult it's so difficult so hard working with you well let's do one more cheers here before we sign off cheers to an incredible first season of the squeeze i've been getting emotional <laughs> and to hopefully many many more mm-hmm. we love you all i love you baby i love you i love you remy i love you rem and um cheers baby Wait, I'm getting emotional. What's <laughs> the frick? I'm proud of you. Thank you so much for squeezing us into your day. Please be sure to rate, review, and follow our pod and check out full episodes on YouTube. You can follow me at Taylor Lautner, my lovely wife, at Tay Lautner. Check out The Squeeze on Instagram at The Squeeze. And also give a give a little uh, glance and a follow to Lemons by Tay. That's at Lemons by Tay on Instagram and LemonsbyTay.com. And also be sure to email us, Lautner.TheSqueezePodcast at gmail.com if you guys have any questions, any guests you'd like to see. But most importantly, please continue to talk about your journey with those around you and send our show to a friend that you think could use a little extra squeeze in their life. 
Absolutely. Toodles magoodles, everyone. Magoodles. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.